0: Welcome to the corner. It's a celebration and conversation of everything creative. It's a soapbox. It's an intersection. It's a gathering place. Here we go. Up, everybody, welcome to the corner. This is Matt, aka M. The God Woodrow. So, yeah, welcome if you're new here, and welcome back if you are a regular. On this episode, I have a long-awaited episode with a fellow Dorchester born and raised cat, another dot rat, if you will. Um, his name is Acrobatic. He is an amazing individual, man. Let me tell you, uh, I got to see him. And Mr. Lift performed back in June. Hit up a conversation with him after the show. It was such a such a dope conversation. And I had a great time talking to him. That's when I found out he and I were from about the same neighborhood. So that was, that was pretty awesome to hear. And let me tell you, um, yeah, Acro is an amazingly caring person. And I, I had to do some editing because uh, the app was acting up on us. But uh, nonetheless, we did some editing. I kept in the fact that, like, um, that he talked about how he felt bad for keeping me waiting for one, and two, um, he kept trying to make sure that we connected, because I wanted to make sure that everybody out there, all of you out there in the listener land, knows that how big a heart Acro has. Acro is an amazing human being, on top of being a really, really, really dope MC. So you're in for a treat on this one. It's a really great episode. Like I said, fellow Dorchester native, uh, acrobatic born Jared K. Bridgman uh, he does his own solo stuff he also does uh, some work with Mr. Lif, uh, that they call that the Perceptionists such a dope duo uh, yeah, just, it's a win-win all the way through, listen to his stuff listen to his stuff with Lif and yeah, just enjoy this episode, peace hello, hello
1: Yo, peace, man. I'm so sorry that I did this to you, man.
0: No worries at all, man. But That's like I understand that. Like I said in the last email, I I have done that my, to myself more cool, times man. than. Yeah. Time. <laughs> Word up, man. I, I I wasn't tripping too hard because I was understanding
1: that we weren't doing this live. So, you know, I'm just sorry I wasted a half an hour of your time. That's all.
0: Oh, no worries at all, man. Like that. That means a lot that you would say that, though. So, thank you very much. No, <clears> no doubt, <throat> man. Well, I'm here. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> all righty uh well the my app only lets us have two hours so there's that so um what's that now my the my the app that i use only lets me have two hours so so there, oh okay well we should
1: be able to fit something in
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh but uh yeah, acrobatic thank you very much for being on, this, on the corner with me um yeah so it's uh yeah like i said when we met back in i want to say it was june right um you know
2: yeah
0: i'm a, I'm a fellow dot rat uh so so you, yeah so you were the first uh dorchester representative aside from myself that has been on the show so oh so, dope, man That's, uh, i'm
1: glad i'm honored man uh, i remember that conversation and it's, it's dope too because like you know there's just so many uh so many dope cats that, that have come out of dorchester you know
0: absolutely Are there, Acro? Are you there? Yo, Matt. Oh, there you are. Okay.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, I was. I was there. I heard everything you were saying. I guess uh, if I don't have the app up on my uh, home screen on my on my device here, then it, it cuts me out for some reason. So I'll just make sure I leave it up.
0: Oh, that's weird. Yeah, that's so weird. I, I never understood this stuff. Uh, tech, these, these technical issues uh, that come yeah. up every now and again. Where, like I'm, I'm not a wizard at this stuff. So yeah, I'm definitely learning as a I guy. don't, don't <laughs> trip, man. I, I totally
1: understand. Not to mention the fact that these apps, like, I appreciate that they're making it possible for us to do the types of stuff we can do now with technology. But I do think sometimes they, you know, they get it out to the people and then see what's wrong with it afterwards. Like I think the, the whole, <laughs> whole tech game is like that now. Like I'm i I'm a gamer. I, I play a lot of the sports video games and it, and it just feels like every year, they they rush to get to the deadline and then they put out broken games and then they fix it as they go along till the next one comes out, which
0: not yeah. my favorite model. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'd work that way if I was uh if I was a tech guy. <laughs> That's for sure. Like
1: i Yeah, no, nah, I wouldn't <laughs> want to do it that
0: way either, man. There's definitely ways around stuff. Yeah, as it's getting so yeah, uh yeah, we were we were talking about uh, having that that conversation we had uh the night you and Liff um rocked it up in Montpelier, man. Like I I, I'm always excited yeah. to, to meet to meet people who I, I admire on on the mic for one, but then to know one of those dudes is from Dorchester, um, sure. and that's to, that totally that totally capped the night. That was pretty dope too because like I, I, uh, Slade or Jesse is as he goes yep. by in real life, uh, if you will. Um, he's he's a homie of mine. We worked together a while back, and and uh, yeah, he told me about the show, and like, I'm like like oh, well, shit, I can't miss that. And then, uh, I like that. Yeah, so uh, I was like, anytime I get to see Boston represented on the mic, I'm, I'm I'm, there for it, you know? So it's- Yeah,
1: I mean, that same way that I was, I don't know if, if you caught all of it before I got cut off, but I, I was saying like, you know, people from the outside looking in don't necessarily know how Boston is broken down into all the little towns and neighborhoods, you know? And in the same regard, I think that people outside of New England don't realize how much of a community New England is in itself. It's like we all kind of support each other. We all, we all Patriots and Red Sox fans. You know what I mean? It's like from, from Maine to, to Connecticut. So, um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's cool to have like a whole region to represent, which is why even if like, you know, if there's no national tours or international tours pop in at any given time, you'll see me at, at the spots in Vermont and New Hampshire and Maine. And, you know what I mean? Just come out. There's always spots to come out and rock. I could probably do shows every weekend throughout New England all year round if I really wanted to or had the time. So, strong. I think it's stronger than ever too, especially on the on the live music tip.
0: Absolutely, yeah, I agree with that, man. And I definitely, amen to the community that that yeah, like you said, New England as a whole is. And then, and with, like you you touched upon one of the things I've 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 noticed in my time. I um, mean, I live in Vermont now, but you know, I grew up as a kid in in Dorchester, uh, my original stomping grounds, and and uh, and a lot of what I learned about how life is came from the idea that you're talking about that that's those little neighborhoods um, or even, I mean, Dot is the biggest of the neighborhoods of Boston, but, uh, yeah. yeah, but, but, but it feels like a little, it's like the little big neighborhood because like, I feel like everybody knows everybody somehow. And, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. We growing up for sure. I mean, I haven't lived in <laughs> Dorchester for a long time, but I talk all the time about how that's one of the, the like, characteristics that I remember the most about, about growing up in Dorchester. With that feeling of like, everybody in the neighborhood knew who you were and you knew who everybody was. Like you you couldn't really be like when I was a little kid, nine or 10 years old and I'm outside playing during the day, like God forbid, I got caught like doing something bad or saying a cuss word. Like one of the grown folks from around the way is going to grab me by my ear and bring me home to my mother and tell them what I did. (laughs) So I miss miss that about, about growing up in, in my hood. And I mean, I wonder, you know, even nowadays it's probably a little different because again, the technology has us all kind of, Individualized a lot more, you know, and so I, it seems like people don't even really know who, who folks next door are in the same building sometimes, you
2: know. I,
0: right. I, yeah. I can't
1: speak for Dorchester now because, you know, like I said, I haven't been there in a while, but I think gentrification has changed the way the city looks regardless.
2: You know, there's yeah, of I, of
1: neighborhoods and communities that stay tight. Like, I feel like a lot of Roxbury is still tight, it's still pretty homegrown, but um, a lot of other parts of the city you see them changing.
0: Yeah, I hear that. I mean, it's just there's, um, yeah, because I, I, every now and again, I will go back to, uh, as I grew up on Samuset Street, you know, I would go back there and, and, and look around and, and you know, just take it in. And it's, it's, it, it, the feel of it is different. Like, I, I feel like I could be there at different hours of the day and nobody's going to really
2: care as right. much, you know? So it's right. like,
0: and, and I know that, like, you know I'm, I'm more of an outsider now because like I haven't been, I haven't lived there for a long time but uh but but it's there's a lot of it that's still the same and it's never going to change I'm sure but there's a lot of it that that has yeah. So, yeah, so
1: and a lot of good comes from that man I think you know when I go back around the way it looks safer you know I mean it looks like it looks like there's just more people that are just kind of out doing regular everyday stuff like you know when I was 15 18 Taking a walk in the afternoon in the hood around my way in Common Square was like, you know, you see all the hustlers outside.
0: Yeah, uh, I and mean, now, we, uh,
2: de-
0: yeah, it definitely feels different. was like I, I know that like what, like, like you're saying, like with the, the your neighbors bringing you home to your mom and everything. I they thought that would happen to me, and I know that we have yeah. a rule that, and then everybody jokes about it, but it's like it's true. Like those those street lights come on, you better get your ass home.
1: Oh yeah, that was a rule so, for me, absolutely.
0: And I was 100% the rule in my house. Like I mean even and like you know, I went further in my bike than my mom wanted me to, but I, <laughs> but uh
1: but yeah, so get away with some stuff.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so so in in that vein is like is uh is is your your experience in growing up in Dorchester like still a huge part of like who you are and what you do and and how you approach the world?
1: I would say so because just like that's my cultural upbringing and, and there's really there's been nothing in the years since to overpower that because you know it's like those are your formative years so that's that's when you're learning so much of like what you need to know to survive what you need to know in, in order to just get by with less than maybe you need sometimes and so that's that's uh my approach to life has always been pretty like frugal you know not like not like to the point where I deprive myself of anything that I want but you know I'm not worried about excess excess I should say I'm not worried about that like I'm not worried about if I have an abundance of of any one particular thing like clothing or whatever cars and, and things like that for me it's like if I wake up and I don't need anything I'm feeling like I'm pretty rich you know that means I can put my attention on whatever it is I want to make. And, and that all came from growing up in, in Dorchester. And Square. So I had to be creative. I didn't have the things I needed to just make songs the way that I would have needed to make them to have a career. But I could still make some songs so I could hear myself on beats. And see what it sounded like. You know, and That kind of resourcefulness has always helped me feel like I don't necessarily always need to have the brand new version of everything that I have in order to feel like I'm doing okay. You know, as long as I have enough to get my creativity out to the world, I'm good. You know, everything else kind of takes care of itself after that.
0: Well, that's, that's what's up right there. I mean, I'm feeling you like you were 100% speaking my language right now. And I, and I think a yeah. lot of it has to do with where we both came from. I mean, yeah, man. And that's like, I feel that, you know, it's like, Feel like i learned a lot real fast uh growing up in dot da- and it's a uh, and you know and on my street we were i mean my family was one of the few white families mm-hmm. um, and i'm very excited about like that the possibilities that happened because of that and like i was yeah. hearing hearing music that that i likely might not have heard and and uh experiencing like even food you know um, yeah. yep. and uh, and so it's like it and for me my earliest memories of hip-hop come from dorchester as well so <clears throat> um yeah and uh, and so that was like the, I, I would go down to you know i'd go to the park at fields corner yeah. and see those dudes like on the on the on the, the cardboard dance floors man and like it yeah. they're doing yeah. their break dancing and everything because i'm old enough to remember that and like <laughs> some, and too. then uh, and <laughs> And then uh, so some of those cats actually taught me some of the stuff that I, I took off to like when I moved away from Dorchester with my family uh, yeah. I, I got further into like hip hop dance and stuff like that and a lot of what those cats taught me uh, is what I carried over And like, I learned how to keep a beat um, you know even if it is on a tabletop or back of a, a bus chair or seat you yeah. know and, like or on the, on the red line
1: <laughs> it, it drives me nuts that like because i never wanted to to be that cat that was always like you know back in my day or in the old days (laughs) you know what I've, i've seen i've seen enough to feel confident that i don't sound crazy saying it man like the stories that we all have from our generation you know and the ones adjacent to it like they all involve being outside and being part of community and being around other people like all these great catalysts to all these cool things that ended up jumping off and and going down all over the country and eventually all over the world, they all started at gatherings. You know what I mean? They're not online gatherings. We didn't have that. And so because we didn't have that, we couldn't be lazy and just engage in groups from our home or just from our phone or whatever. We we actually had to get up off our ass and go to the spot where we knew the people were going to be there. And that means when you're doing that, you got to bring your best self. You know, you can bring your worst version of yourself online and still be there and participate. And for the most part, you can't get kicked out. But you go to the party, you got to bring your best self. You got to be well presented. You know what I'm saying? You can't be Mm bummy. And if you're going to rock, you better have some skills. And if you talk to people, you better be clean and you better know how to be respectful. And so hip hop brought us all that. You know, you wanted to go Mm -hmm. to a show at police school. You had to keep, keep all those things in mind when you were going, you know what I mean? Cause you would get called out on it. If you wasn't, if you wasn't coming correct, that's where these terms come from. you
2: know. you gotta absolutely, come correct.
1: Yeah. Like if you're, if you're in hip hop, you just know what that means. You know what I mean? It's like, you, you know what represent means, you know what come correct means, you know, it's just in, it's part of your DNA. It's just etched into, to you, to your mind state culturally, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And that's what those dudes taught me too. I mean, that's a, uh, that was a pretty, I mean, I'm, I'm, I come, you know, I'm 77 was when I was born. So like I yeah. was I was a little kid hanging out with these teenagers. So it's like, yeah, yeah but they, but man, I mean, they they taught me right out. Like, this is, this is how you do. I mean, it's like, it's, they, so they taught me how to dance, but they also taught me yeah. how to move into those he, situations without getting. You would literally
1: be walking down the block with like linoleum or
0: cardboard. Yeah. Looking
1: for their spot to post up. And like, just like you, man. I was one of the little kids in the neighborhood when all the, yo, even like the most gangster cats that rap would have like, you know, B-boys in their crew. You know, there would be people showing skills, you know, like I'm thinking of like almighty RSO who, you know, people know Benzino, but like um, Antonio Twice style, he he lived like three doors up from me. You know what I'm saying? So like these yeah. cats would always be, or I'd always see them. But they was older and, and the cool part about it, man, is like for, for as much as they're known for all the trouble that they had with police and starting beefs and stuff like that when they were younger, like these guys, honest to God, man, they recognized me as a young prodigy really early on in my life. They didn't know I was gonna rap. They didn't know what I was gonna do. They just saw something in me that was like, yo, this dude, let's watch out for him. Because if, if, if he survives this, he's gonna go on and do something. They never said that to me I could just tell now in hindsight that that's how they felt about me because that's how they treated me like I would if, if I would be coming around just like playing catch with one of my friends and they'd be out smoking blunts in the front like they would be like yo put put that shit away until you know what I'm saying until Jared's gone you don't mess with that you know what I mean like that type of stuff so the community even extended that much further like the same dudes that are like yo we got beef with the guys from this part of town and if we see them we might rumble those same guys are gonna be like hey these little kids from our block I don't never want to see nobody messing with them because we these are the ones that we know they're gonna get out of here and do something. So that's like I still tip my cap and salute those guys when I see them to this day because those those are my OGs for that reason. You know like when I wasn't old enough to come out the gate and I was just watching their boys out in front of the out in front of the crib break dancing on linoleum you know what I mean and then grew up later to see them get on TV and DJ Jeff is, 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 Def Jeff is is setting his turntables on fire as part of his show and all that shit. Like, it was all really <laughs> surreal to me to see all that while I'm growing up and then to actually eventually become part of it later in terms of like just being in the music business, you know, as, as those guys had, you know, Benzino went on to own the source, co own the source and all that stuff. Like, you know, I, I understand that like there, there's things that, we could be critical about, obviously, anytime you talk about gangster rap, there's things that you can be critical about. But I think that just as in terms of like, especially, especially coming from that Dorchester perspective, that Dorchester point of view, I would say that even before it was at OG, for me, Almighty RSO was a huge inspiration even though what they were saying wasn't necessarily my lane or how I would express my frustrations, just the fact of seeing the same guys that I see walking up and down my block or driving up and down my block that are watching me grow up, they're on TV and they're making national noise. I'm like, yo, you know, this is starting to sound like something that maybe could happen, you know? And this is my, I'm like 11, you know, 12 thinking this. And then Edo dropped and it was like, whoa, now you got a guy who, He's not from Dorchester, but he is from Boston like me. And he's saying stuff that I would say. That's right. And, yeah. and, and he's a guy like me. So, so a guy like me from the next neighborhood over and the guys from my neighborhood that aren't like me, but they're right from me living the same struggle right down the same street. Like I'm seeing all this happening. And I'm like, okay, you know, like it took a while, but eventually I got on and and eventually you know, ended up working with all those guys and and, and being able to be friends with them as adults and, and see guys who I didn't even think would ever get along with each other become become friends and partners over, you know, because of hip hop. So it's really a, a truly like triumphant thing when I when I get an opportunity to put it all in this kind of perspective because you're someone who really knows the area and knows the people of the area. It's like, it's, it's a beautiful thing and it's still going and, you know, I look forward to to seeing how it continues to evolve, man, because there's a lot of dope cats that came out of my name that's, that's I think what's up. You're on the block you know and, and, yeah. and those guys and those guys have done great things too, you know what I mean, so it's not even about putting them down. I'm just saying they're the ones everybody knows,
0: yeah like yeah. you know, there's more yeah' it's, it's it's funny it's like that's that's like a lot of people when they find out I'm from from, from, Dor- from Dorchester. that's one yeah. of the first well, funny you mentioned them because it's one of the first questions people ask it's like, well, did you know? The, the yeah. new kids, and it's like it's funny because, a matter of fact, I I did. So right. like,
1: yeah, Jordan lived like a three minute walk from my house. He was on the other side of the courthouse. Yeah, that
0: show. <clears throat> yeah I was As to say, like uh, yeah, they they had the their mom had that farm stand or something, right? Like it,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, so, yep.
0: so so that's yeah, where I knew uh, Jordan and John from.
1: Yeah, uh, they used to then, have girls just camping outside the house, just waiting to catch a glimpse of them, because like <laughs> at the height of their fame, they were still in the hood. Yeah, yeah. just their their house was like a fortress. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It was like right in the middle of the hood, but you couldn't get nowhere near it.
0: No, no, it was funny because like that changed real fast too. Because I remember seeing them all the time, and then uh, yeah, all of a sudden you couldn't see them anymore.
1: Yeah, and Mark blew up too, and then that was he went off. Yeah, it was like the the shortest, like the shortest run, but like just so like. Explosive in terms of like how people just jumped on him immediately when he first came out off of that one record too. He, he had other joints, you know. They had a whole album where you know he he did some different things, but that was the one that obviously the mainstream got into, and when they did boy, oh man, I mean, that just put him in front of everybody and and propelled his career.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's funny because like uh yeah, it's like, uh, it, it, the uh, with those guys like with the Knight brothers and then um. Yeah, with the, the Wahlberg boys too. Like I, I ran into, you, I had let's just I'm going to leave it at I had run-ins with Mark, and I was a little kid. So yeah, uh, it, none of them were positive. <laughs> right? So, yeah, I mean, so a lot of people who say had
1: run-ins with him back in the day, you know, I, I think he was a different person in, yeah. in, the, in the 80s and the 90s than he is now, for sure. Or, yeah, absolutely. Or at least that, that he, you know, uh, appears to be now. You know what I mean? But he, he seems like he's cool. I, I, I enjoy his work. You know, what yeah. I mean, I, I just kind of leave it at that because I don't really know him. Yeah, because um, like I don't either. It was like my experiences were that of a
0: little kid, so like I. Yeah, leave and, it and there we know so. what
1: he's. We know what he's done. You know what I'm saying? We we know what he's gotten in trouble for and all that, and like the nature of those things might make mm. you question. You know what I'm saying? But from what I can tell, you know, we have some mutual friends. It seems like he's he's probably been remorseful, you know, yeah. about that stuff. I I would hope. You know, you you hope people can change. I know I. I mean, we all have to change, right? Like there's definitely a time in my life where i had different views on, let's say like you probably could have considered me a homophobe at some point early on in my life because it was just such a common thing. It's like you turn on the television, they're making fun of gay people. Everywhere you look, they're telling you that gay people are funny and there's something wrong with them. And I had to live my life and have some experience and just be around people and travel and see that everybody is the same and you don't need to be afraid of or hate anyone just because everyone around you is afraid of them or hates them. And That's so what's up. you just shake that shit, you know? And, and unfortunately though, everything we say and do at this point in time is, is pretty much documented. And so I'm glad that even though I might've been somewhat homophobic, I'm glad I wasn't an asshole and didn't run around just bashing gays for no reason. You know what I mean? Cause I gotta right. stick with that, you know? And so it's fair later on down the line when the questions come up and people are like, yo, what about, you know what I mean? So you got to be able to get ready. That's why I wouldn't try to hide that, you know what I mean? Like, I, I got a couple of lines in my songs that might make people go, oh, man, that wasn't good. Yeah, you know what I mean? But then it's like I hold my record up against most rap, and it's like, come on, man, I'm I'm pretty mild."
0: <laughs> yeah, right. the issue out here. And, and then like you talked about that growth and where you've where you've been and where you are now so like there's yeah there's there's definitely you have you have, I mean I this is what the fun part for me is like on this end of stuff like when I do the show especially when I talk to someone who makes music um when I talk to musical artists like I could I my my quote-unquote research is just like binging that that yep. musician's music and so I've been yeah. All day listening to you when I've been able to. Oh man, I'm sorry uh-huh. to hear that, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> <to hear that. laughs> but I, but, but I, you hear I... <laughs> my voice talking for another hour afterward. No, that's that, that's what that, that's this is the fun part, though. It really is for me because, okay, like, no I, doubt. It's Absolutely. the it's it's the it, it's the human aspect of all of this too. Like in, uh, in the yeah. con- in the conversation we're having right now, and then when we yep. when we met back in June, and you know I'm convinced with with where I lived compared to where you lived back in Dorchester that we probably ran into each other when we were kids at some point. But,
1: oh, I can imagine. I'm only but, three
0: years older than you, man. So so we,
1: we probably played basketball on some of the same courts. Matter of fact, I was thinking about when you said Phil's corner. I was thinking about when D Brown. After he won the dunk contest, came down and and donate. Uh, he did like the the Reebok courts. Uh, oh, that's right. That's right. The ribbon, the ribbon cutting right there across the street from the shopping plaza, right there in Phil's Corner, and that's that's where I caught my first alley oop in a in an actual game.
2: That's so <laughs> you know,
1: I caught one boy. I couldn't believe it. I I was I came down off the rim like oh shit! I just did that.
0: <laughs> I was like seventeen. I still remember it. That's dope. Like, I I was I was terrible at basketball. I can't. I have no left handed dribble. So like I would play basketball. Like yep, if I, yep. if that's if that's what you called that. <laughs> uh, if, if you wanted to call it playing basketball, I, it's a very generous description. Hey, it, it was
1: part of the culture, man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like not everybody who played was good. Because then you know like. I would go to the to the. There was a um my neighbor's house. Unfortunately, there was a fire and and they lost their home and they had to move. And but when they moved, the the nothing was. Mark.
0: Yeah, here I am.
1: Very <laughs> okay, cool. Yep. Same thing Same. happened. It's just when my my uh, device here when the when the screen saver pops up, it, it just pops
0: up. Ah, gotcha. yeah uh, okay. but. Uh, I heard most of that though. It's like yeah, it's like the, the the fire and everything like that too.
1: Oh yeah, I was just saying that we you know we ended up playing a lot of stickball in that field. That became the stickball diamond, and and you oh, know and and when we were playing that, it's like we're playing their game now. This is this is now like the, the, this whole family is from Puerto Rico, and so like they're big baseball heads, and so when we were out there playing uh, stickball, I was the one who was kind of like with two left feet out there for a while, but that <laughs> helped me when I wanted to play baseball, you know, but like, it was cool because everybody got to sample each other's culture a little bit, you know what mm. I mean? Like food, you come over to your friend's house for dinner and it's like, come on, man. Like there, there would be times where I go to my friend's houses like maybe it would be one of my Puerto Rican friends or one of my friends from another part of the Caribbean because my family's from Barbados. So if you came to my house, you'd be having West Indian food. And you know, I had other friends that I would go to their house and have like Dominican food or Haitian food or just straight up like you know pasta and spaghetti sauce at my white friend's house. Like, you you look forward to all that. You look forward to celebrating each other's culture with each other, regardless of who we were, man. I really really miss that. I really miss that. Versus everyone being so insecure that they feel like they have to say that what they're doing is the best and only thing to do. Yeah and and i think that that is is it's just kind of turning people into assholes man i i just i just feel that way man i feel like if people just spent more time with each other and around each other doing the things that they all love to do then there'd be a lot more happiness versus just kind of scrolling through and watching people that you don't know doing the things that you should be doing instead of watching them do it and, and you know that's something that i talk to like younger students about Speak at schools
2: and you know, assemblies, and stuff
1: like that. Oh, that's what's really up. Your to overcome your mind. Yeah. For as long as humans can hold that off, I think we should. I think it's a, it's inevitable, but it don't it don't have to be us. It don't
0: have to be us. Yeah, I I hundred and ten percent agree with that man. It's like it's, I, it's like you said about the technology idea. Like at the beginning of this conversation, is like it's good that we have it to connect, but then there's all that other stuff that comes with it. Is it's like it is a distance to it, and then and, yeah. And it's like, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a struggle I have too, because I'm pretty old school when it comes to like what I have for tech. Like, I'm, I mean, I have a, a phone that's a couple of years old now. And then before that, it was a, you know, a six year old phone before. So <laughs> it's, a, but, uh, but yeah, that's like, it's, 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 things are changing so fast. But like, if we hold on yeah. to, uh, but we hold on to that community, we're going to, we are going to be able to fight it off, you know? And, yeah. Uh, I mean, so. I
2: think the
1: music business, you know, like, has changed so drastically because of the fact that like time seems to go by a lot faster now too. Like technology is doing that for, uh, for us and to us in a lot of different ways. But then we're also just kind of like like I'm looking at music like damn I put out uh, an album with LX Beats in 2020, you know last few days of 2019, and that's already almost almost five years ago. You know what I mean? Like right. damn. And, and, and the time went by fast. I don't even feel like I've been on some kind of hiatus or nothing. I've been doing shows and teaching my classes and doing my thing, doing what I do. And the calendar is just moving. So it's like, you know, that's the other thing is that it's a distraction. Yeah. You know, hey. like it becomes a part of daily life where, you know, you're feeling like you need to do all the things to keep that up to date. But in reality, you're supposed to stay ahead of that. And just Absolutely. let what, what you've already done be the stuff that's on the internet bubbling and just go work on what you're working on while that stuff's doing the work for you. That's the investment of, of making art, is that it's forever. And as long as you don't make some shit that people are tired of in two weeks, you can just keep reposting it, you know what I mean, as much as you want, while, you know, what you're really doing is, is cooking up your, your next thing. And that that's something that, I'm as I'm saying that, it's like, it's advice that I need to get better at taking myself because, you know, I don't release music nearly as much as you
0: I've, uh, I've I'm I'm here hearing you on that one too because like I write I write poetry and I should probably write more than I do as well like I, every April comes around and it's National Poetry Month I'm like I'm gonna do one a day and I don't, yeah. I, don't I don't fucking do it I just don't it's I, hard it, man it is like
1: it's I, hard to intake right it's like the, the the intake versus the output it's so much easier to intake it's um you know same way it's like it's easier to stuff your face with food than it is to go to the gym right right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so so it's, it's the same thing, man. Like, I wish that I could produce as much information as I, you know, just take in just from existence. It's like, as soon as I turn my computer on, you know, it's like, all right, what's in the news? What's going, you know, what's going on? Like, what is that even like, what is the bound, what are the boundaries that we create for ourselves where it matters what's going
0: on? Personally? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I so, think- where are you putting
1: yourself where are you juxtaposing yourself so I'm those are all things that I try to work on and and you know what man for the most part I feel like it keeps me pretty balanced because I you know I I don't feel like a dummy I feel like I'm maybe a little bit out of touch with current events to some way but that's just because it's like you know I think current events are for people that are new to adulthood when it (laughs) comes to like you know gossip and all that stuff like yeah, you know the, the stuff that's like the clickbait and all that stuff. Like I, that stuff doesn't really work for me because I've seen all that. You know, what I mean, there's there's nothing new there. It's just the names change of who did what to who, but I don't care about that. I'm trying to figure out best ways to get people back into that community vibe, that collaborative vibe, that getting together and make music because that's when I feel like music comes out the best. Like, yeah, you can have five people that email each other vocals and beats. Some stuff, and that's cool. But if those five people are in the studio all at the same time, smoking a joint, I guarantee you that song's gonna be better. Absolutely. So, you know, I'm all about that. Oh. Like reconnecting with Lyft. You know, he's, he's really busy traveling the world all the time. So, you know, when we do get the opportunity to, we like to do that. We like to do just that, like actually hang out, you know what I'm saying, catch up. And then take those few hours of conversation and and nostalgia and reflection, and then go into the lab versus just yo here's a beat, you know here's a verse, add something. I understand that it is that easy to make music and that the fans have lowered the bar to the point where that gets accepted for most artists, but that doesn't mean I that I can do it. Like that's the real reason in a nutshell why my why why my like release schedule has slowed down because. I'm not about making disposable music, and so just to keep up with the cycle of what folks are doing, I you know I need more purpose to put stuff out. There.
0: I like that. That's I was I mean, you've 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 touched upon some of the stuff I've like I've got written down to 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 pick your brain about too. So this yeah. is really, it's, this is su- super dope, and like I I I'm that's what's up. I'm loving I'm loving where you're going with all these thoughts because like I and I. And you I know, I
1: appreciate the opportunity to externalize them, man. You know, what I mean, this is the you know, it's like I don't want to. I, I feel like I already bore my girl to death talking about this stuff. You know oh, I mean? yeah. <laughs> she's been supporting me for so long through it, so you know, it's it's nice to, to get these types of platforms once in a while to just talk about, you know, just like you said, man, the human side of it, yeah, you know? yeah, it's like that's. That's what's up, right? I mean, that's... Yeah, man. And, and and being at this stage in my career and at this stage in my life, it's just a lot easier for me to, you know, accept a lot of the realities that, that come along with being a musician. In other words, like, I don't feel like I need to jump on here on your podcast and be like, yo, yo, yeah, it's your boy acro I want to let you know about my new... This is da, 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 da. <laughs> like, constantly selling myself. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> I don't need to do that. So I'm, I'm more interested in just having like the person to person conversation. And that's the cool thing about podcasts is that every host is different and you don't know what your common ground is. And we happen to have a common ground that is of most interest to me.
0: So I'm I'm really happy to be on oh it. If, if I haven't said it enough, thank you for, for, for making the time to come on on this thing. Cause it, it means a lot to me. Like I said, like, to know that that someone I I, look, I admire creatively wants to talk to me is like is a it's a huge honor. So thank you very much for that. Thank you, man. Thank you. And so, so I'm gonna if I am gonna try to take you down, down memory lane again. I think. Yeah. Uh, and so we because we you know we we touched upon a little bit about like our 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 dot bring upbringing and everything like that and how we kind of came into hip hop, um, but. And you talk about a few specific people, um, but what was like if you want to go back to the earliest memories you had, like music really inspiring you? Like, who who was a, who was doing that? Who were the cats that were inspiring you back when you were a kid?
1: Well, um, if I go back to my earliest earliest memories of like first hearing rap, like I I had heard some rap songs, like the same first ones that everybody heard when they were a kid, like the message and and um, you know, Sugar Hill Gang and you know, all that stuff. So I was familiar with that. But as far as like the first like MCs that made me think, oh, maybe I wanna rap, I wanna try this. The very first one I could think of truly is Cool Mo D. Word. And, and, and I don't, I don't know what it was other than like there was this kid in my neighborhood, an older kid who, I think I think he was a DJ, or either that, or he had just like had a mixtape from the radio or something. This is so long ago, you know. But he gave me the tape, and it had a bunch of cool songs on it, like Jekyll and Hyde was on there. I remember that. Um, one day I ended up getting jumped in my neighborhood, and they took
0: all my tapes. Oh so man.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was so black. I was like 13, and it was whack. I had a knife. I'm like, I got, I got nothing but some tapes, man. But <clears throat> so anyway. <clears throat> This cat had gave me this tape and there was this one song with Kumo D on it. I can't remember if it was a solo joint or if it was a treacherous three joint. But he was he was he was going off on on the joint. And so I memorized that. Like I wrote down the lyrics or or either that or I just listened to it bad times, probably that. And I I would memorize it and then I would recite it for people. But I wouldn't tell them it was Kumo D's rhyme. I would just recite it. So I <laughs> You know, instead of Kumo D, I'd say my name. I think I put Fresh JB in there. That, that's, that was my very first rat name was JB Fresh. And so, <laughs> and, and so, you know, the Kumo D verse, it, and who knows, this was probably just a, a few days or a few weeks that I was doing this, but that had me convinced that I could at least recite a rhyme. And then, um, ironically, LL Cool J came along and he dropped um, Bad. Like, I had already knew who LL Cool J was from, he had, like, my radio and all of that. And I was probably, like, 10 or 11 when that dropped. But when Bad came out, I mean, this is probably, like, right when I was starting puberty. And LL Cool J was, like, a teen, like a teenage superhero. You know what I mean? He just, yeah. just, you know what I mean? He was, he was jacked. He was completely, like... I mean, not Jack compared to how he is now, but for a kid, for like a 16-year-old, which is what I thought he was at the time. It's like, yo, who is this dude? He's out here with like whole crews of people out here and he's in the front and he's the most Mm -hmm. confident one. And he's killing it. I never heard no rhymes like this. That's what I'm trying to do. You know, (laughs) LL. That, That confidence that he had was, you know, It was the first time I really, like, Run from Run DMC had that, but it didn't come with the same, like, what LL had was, like, that you just believe that he could back it up as soon as you saw him. oh, "Oh, shit, like, this dude, this is the real deal right here. So I think as a solo MC, he was my first real inspiration. And then from there, though, I realized that, like, I didn't want to try to be, like, a sexy rapper, like, I, I had this era where I was called stud B and it was like, it was just too blurry of a line. Like at the time I I, I was just trying to say that I was just like a big guy, you know what I mean? And, and, and it, <laughs> translated into some stupid shit because then I got with producers that were just looking at me like oh we should try to mock you like a Cool J but I was like yo nah but my raps are like Chuck D and KRS-One so forget <laughs> all that you know what I'm saying so and, and so that's when I knew I had to, I had to come up with like a, just a better name I needed a good name anyway and so I settled settled on acrobatic but yeah th- that would be like the lineage of of like the MCs that inspired me to like become a rapper and and of course, then, definitively, like hitting its mark with with when I got to have it by Edo Drop, and I saw that video on Rap City, um, thinking that's like 1991 now, yeah. So, so like, yeah, that's the timeline right there. So now I'm talking about KRS and and Chuck and LL and all these people, but then the number one video on the top ten countdown is a dude from Roxbury. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That I'd heard That's his so- name a few times, but I didn't really know who he was like that. And somebody said something to me, and I was like, nah, I don't know who that is, thinking in my mind, I'm the only guy in Boston Boston like this, even though I wasn't <laughs> even really getting started yet. I didn't even have any kind of plan or nothing. But I just didn't think that there was anybody who was even adjacent to this shit, you know, like the real New York rap hip-hop shit. And the next thing you know, Ed O.G. is repping Dudley Square, Nubian Notion. You know what I'm saying, like, right. Rap City and on MTV, and that's when it was like, oh, you know what I mean. Like, it just seemed like it just became more real with each with each new artist that I discovered that felt more close to what I was trying to accomplish. It just felt more and more real, like I could do it. Now I've got an opportunity to tell Chuck that, you know, like the fact that there was somebody out there like him that got accepted made me feel as though somebody like me would get accepted too you know what i mean like up, yeah. i don't have to come out here and and try to be like you know with all due respect to anyone i don't, i don't have to try to be like you know 50 cent or you know snoop or something like that and and like kind of embellish upon anything or anything like that i didn't i didn't have to do that like i could just be myself, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying that those guys aren't being themselves, but what I'm saying is that I wanted to make music that really kept the violence out, that really just kept the idea that I'll just shoot any of y'all motherfuckers anytime. I didn't want anybody to feel like they had to worry about that. I
0: didn't, any, I didn't want anybody
1: to feel like they had to be afraid of me in order to respect me, you know, and I just stuck to my ironically no pun intended I stuck to my guns with that and that's gotten me pretty far man you know what I'm saying like I don't have no beef with nobody
0: that's that's awesome right there
1: you know what I mean like to me it's just it's just love you know so for for that I feel like I I made the right decision to to just kind of go with my heart and do do what I wanted to do and I think that all of those cats I think that Chuck and Shit, man, even if 50 and Snoop knew me, I think that they would say the same thing. You know what I'm saying? They respected that I went with what my heart told me because I'm sure that that's what those guys did too.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Because we don't, we don't know everybody's life and what everybody's gone through. We definitely know some of it with, like, with those two examples. They've both been through some real shit. Right. And I think it's masterful and brilliant how they were able to craft their musical personas around that without disrespecting it. You know what I mean? So yeah. you know, I, I try to see like, cause it's art, man. And so with art, you know, that somebody is trying to express something. And I think that's the fun of like analyzing it or just even just experiencing it and then learn a little bit about the artist and you can kind of see how the art relates to the artist. Too. I think almost every time you take the time to do that, you're going to have more respect for the artist if, if you actually enjoy the music too. A
0: hundred and ten percent. Yeah. I mean, it's. That's why I started the show was to figure figure out that bridge between my humanity and and the artists I I, I respect and admire, man. And that's just yeah. you hit you hit it right on on the head on that one. It was like and uh, and you mentioned a lot of names that like that, that have inspired me. Uh, I mean, I don't rap, but I but I write, uh, and so like that was that was huge. And like and <clears> and and then, and then uh, shout out to C Doc because um, uh, yeah, like uh, C Doc. So yeah, I, I was gonna say I don't I think I know you. You know who he is. Um, so like, right, yeah, he's my homie too, man. He was my first guest on the show, and um, oh, his yeah, his first uh, his first experience with like, holy shit, I need to do something with rap was bigger and better by. By old Cool J, so it was it was an interesting thing like that. There you go, man. There oh, yeah. you know, that
1: album, I mean, that whole album was crazy. The song "I'm Bad" and the video for it was just iconic. I mean, you can still yeah out now and, and get goosebumps. Just you know, seeing that kid have his moment at that time is like just seeing someone having their moment and owning it, man. You know, someone Absolutely. else who I still remember. It's not it's not really hip hop, but like I remember. Not even the song. I just remember the moment. I remember watching a video show where Usher was in it and he was probably like 10 or 11 years old. And I just remember it was like some some lady song and she in the song was like, and now I'm going to introduce to y'all Usher Raymond. And I remember it because I remember them saying his last name. That's awesome. he just came out and absolutely stole the show in the video. <laughs> And I just remember seeing that moment and being like, yo, that dude is going to be amazing. And, you know, it turned out to be that way because because you can just see, like, you see when certain people just, like, take their moment, like, yo, this is it. They get their moment in the spotlight and they, they you know, Serena Williams, that shit. Like, oh, Absolutely. y'all messed up letting me get to this spot. You know what <laughs> I mean? so
0: Absolutely. I,
1: those, those are the types of artists that really inspire me the most are, are the ones that, that catch that you know what I mean? That glimpse, like, that's what Chuck D definitely did. Like, Chuck D had the foresight to be able to be like, yo, they're not gonna, they're not gonna be supporting our type of movement forever. You know, this is, this is selling right now, but, you know, did you miss, I don't know if you missed any of that, because I had to, to put back on the phone,
0: but... No, I got you.
1: Okay, cool, yeah, but, but you know, Chuck had the foresight, Chuck and his whole crew, the Bomb Squad, they had the foresight, like, we better get this information out now before they try to shut us down. Because the labels are not they're new. They were new at the time. Once everybody got hit to what was going on, now you see the information gets channeled through you know different pathways. Yeah. You don't have you don't have like very many like political rappers or what we would consider conscious rappers like filling stadiums like public enemy and J. And that's okay. That's okay. Cause I just think that as the as the world around us changes, you know, some of the things that we have and hold dear just gotta hold steadfast. And that, to me, that main part is just that community. So that's why, you know, if I don't if I don't talk to certain cats for a certain amount of time, I just check in. You know what I mean? And say what's up. I'm not really on Instagram every day just liking shit. And so I think that that's that's a way that people take the easy way out of staying on people's radar. and nothing wrong with it but I don't necessarily have time to keep up with all that I just try to check in with folks make sure everybody is uh doing all right and seeing when the next opportunity there is for like a collab or something man and you just keep that going and that the inspiration you know beyond just what got me started the inspiration that makes me want to just keep going forever you know that I'm you know I can still look to cats like Chuck and Kara it's still out there doing it I add Master Ace to that list And and Ed O.G., you know, uh, guys like Freddie Fox, you know, Talib Kweli, like folks that I've known ever since I was that dude that was like seeing Ed O.G. on TV, like, wow, I want to do this. You know, a few years later, I was meeting these people and, you know, I see them now still going. And way more than me, like, you know, Master Ace is running circles around me. And he's running circles around everybody. You know what I mean? And this is a cat who was on the symphony.
2: Yeah, he was on
1: the symphony. Yeah, he's, he's running
0: circles around cats in 2024. Yeah, he's 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 uh, he's something else, I could tell you. Like, I can think he's <clears throat> he's on some other plane than most of us we'll ever even think about it. So. Um and, but I mean, it's like, but I, but I want, I want to make sure that you're not changing, uh, shortchanging yourself on this stuff too, because like, oh. like, yeah, because like you, you have this mix of like, I, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay it out here, because like, so, so you're gonna right. take the, you're gonna take the praise and like it.
1: <laughs> <But> I, <laughs> I struggle with this, but I'm, I'm gonna chill. I'm gonna
0: go I, ahead and let you go ahead. Right. But I'm saying that because I'm on the phone with you now, because like, if I said it to your face, like you're a good six inches taller than me, uh, so. <laughs> So but the next time we we're face to face, you can you can throw me in a trash can if you'd like. Right. But 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 no <laughs> but no, this is a hundred percent a compliment. Like your lyricism is a really dope balance of like just rapping your ass off and then really, really like serious message. So like you're you're there rapping your ass off and you're like, okay, this cat is rapping. But then you listen to you and you're like, Okay, oh, this this cat's not just rapping, he's got some shit to say. And he's he seeing something. Late. So like so so you, you're you striking this balance. It's like, is this something you do consciously or is it just how you do? I have no, an I, idea.
1: About... I think <laughs> that I am overly self-conscious about songs. Like, I think that there's so much music out there and people listen to so much music that I tend to forget that people are not inside my head always hearing my thoughts and always hearing the songs that I make. And they're, they're not, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I, I could write a verse and I'll have that verse in my head a hundred times that day, it doesn't mean that anyone else heard it at all, but I treat it like, Oh, now everybody's heard it. <laughs> but no one's heard it. So it's, like, it's just like a dysfunction that, that I have. But because of that, I just try to make everything count. I, I just try to make it so that like, if if I make something now, I want to be able to go on stage five years later, 10 years later and rock that shit and have it still just feel the same way. You that's know, like up, yeah. the way you heard it, the way you heard it the first time, whatever you got out of it, you know, it's gonna be something that's lasting. That's, that's what it is. I don't like to make disposable music. So I want it to have something about it that makes it timeless, that makes it last. And usually it's the message that can do that. Sometimes it's a sample. I think that most hip hop, you know, relies and has relied heavily on samples to, to give that feel but like i think that you can do it with message too you know like i have this song called kindred that's the one chuck d's on that and, that's, and
0: that's a dope track
1: thank you man and i just sure. performed it the other day because i was doing an event that was uh with this uh, educational organization i work with and we were uh screening a film on black american history and so that song just happened to tie in so well with the subject matter of what the film was about that it was like a no brainer. I'm like, man, this song's 15 years old. These rhymes are 15 years old. But it was so re- it was more relevant than any other thing in my catalog in that moment. And that's what lets me know I'm doing it right. You know, like internet MCs, when I wrote that, like, I, yeah, I was trying to be entertaining, of course, but I was also trying to say something that I was hoping I had my finger on the pulse of before the other kids did and it turned out that I did so now you know 20 something years later tw- that song came out in 2000 and people still want to hear it at my shows they won't let me not do it <laughs> you know? and so so that I think it is intentional because I'm like I just don't I don't want to just have some throwaway shit
2: it's impossible
1: yeah. to have a whole entire album where you're not just going to have some verses where you're just going at it with some bars but even there even the punchlines, I think you can have the punchlines that still make people go back. I mean, just listen to Prostinousa's whole career. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I hey, wish man. I could be like 10% as good as him at what I'm, what I'm trying to lay out for you right now. Like that, that's what he does. You know what I'm saying? Like he says things that you can be listening to the shit 30 years later and be like, Oh damn. <laughs> and it's not, And it's not something like, oh, I missed this and it only would have been relevant 30 years ago. Too bad. No, it's like you missed it, but you got it today and it's relevant today, 30 years after he wrote it. That's the genius shit. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think that there has to be some level of consciousness involved to be able to get there. Because I think the alternative to that is I'm going to make something hot that references everything that people are looking at on their phones right now so that everybody is talking about it when I drop it and it's gonna be the biggest week and the party's gonna be great and going to shoot a video, it's gonna be crazy. And then two weeks from now, no one's gonna mention it ever again. Right. And that's what I don't wanna do. That's, I'm not in it for that. And that's that's someone else's version of fun and a career. You know, I would I would rather go on tour every few years and just have that tour be really nicely set up, be with my friends. And be people who've been enjoying my music on the journey that I've been on for like a quarter of a century now. So it's like the fans of whatever's new don't even necessarily play into what I'm doing. They're more than welcome if they hear me and they like me to come rock with us. You know what I mean? But if they don't and they pass on it, it's okay because I have people all over the world that have been on this journey with me for a quarter of a century. That's a long fucking time. You That's know right. What I mean? And like, I'm, <clears throat> you know, if if I can say one thing that just sounds like maybe a little cocky, it's just that for, for better or for worse, man, I'm none the worse for wear at the end of that shit. Like I'm I'm here about to turn fifty years old. I'm feeling like I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm feeling like I could go out and do a show for two hours right now, come home and walk my dogs for a mile and a half. There ain't nothing that nobody younger than me can tell me that they can do that I can't. Well, there we go. That lets me know, you know, <laughs> except maybe like dunk. I can't catch that alley no more. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? Like I'm not going to catch that alley-oop no more because I haven't been jumping every day. But, you know, anything mentally, there's nothing. I mean, like now I'm dwarfing what I was doing 20 years ago in terms of just like the way that I'm thinking, the way that I'm putting my thoughts together, the way that I'm trying to process things. I just have more experience. I think that anybody should be in that position. At my age, right
2: yeah, you know Absolutely. That,
1: you're right there with me. So yeah, amen to I'm that. trying to use those things. Those are the skills. And as long as your voices is, is still intact, which, you know, unfortunately, regrettably, some of the greatest artists ever have, you know, their voices haven't come along with them on the journey as strong as maybe their, their body or their mind has. So that's like another aspect of it that we don't all think about because we got recordings of ourselves, right? But then we have to go out and hold a microphone and rock in front of hundreds or maybe thousands of people. And if you don't sound like yourself, that could pose problems in your career too. So I feel blessed to have mind, body, and voice all at optimal levels of all time in my life right now. And that makes me excited about going back out and doing all these things, especially at this time now, because I'm also teaching. So, you know, it all just kind of works in concert with each other. And, you know, every once in a while, I get these breaks like the one-on-one now in between semesters where... You know I'm a lot, and I'm just like, oh, I, I start getting a little frustrated because I, I do want to just be out there doing my thing, but that time's coming.
2: So, just, you know, right.
1: I'm just now, but once uh late January hits, I got a whole bunch of speaking engagements coming up and some uh New England uh youth events, which you know, I've been doing some uh, like keynote addresses and motivational talks for, for students doing a workshop at the uh. Massachusetts Interscholastic Athletic Association. That's, Bro, side
0: of that. that's what's up, man. That's... Yeah,
1: so, you know, I'm just trying to keep busy. And then all that stuff keeps me linked in with the younger generation because, you know, my students and, and the students that I talk to at all these schools, these are people that, you know, I understand that they might not throw my songs on at the clubs that they go to, but these students are going to be 28, 31 day, 32, 34, and you're gonna still like music, you're still gonna be a cool person, you're still gonna matter to yourself. You know, it's like 18 year old you might not be able to look at 35 year old you and see that as somebody who matters, but when you get there, you're gonna wanna matter. And you're gonna want music to listen to, you're gonna want parties to go to, you're gonna want influences, you're gonna wanna find sources for knowledge. You know what I mean? And so I feel like, and I tell my students this, like if you go check out my music and you don't like it or it's not your vibe right now, it's all good. I'd say don't even check it out. Check that shit out in ten years, and I guarantee you you'll like it more. You know what <laughs> I mean? So because that's you know that's the age I was when I was making those songs. You know what I mean? I like I was I'm, like Chuck D. I I didn't put my first album out until I was already in my late twenties. You know what I mean? So I think that that had a lot to do with why I was seen as a mature artist or like a conscious artist because I, I mean I was older than a lot of those mm-hmm. you know I mean? You just, but I was still new. So that that's you know the, the feeling of being new like a new rapper can come out right now and be 40 and is, if we never heard them before it's still going to be they're new it doesn't matter how they are.
0: That's, you know? that's yeah that's true so it's,
1: we're just we're just out here so i can never be new but i'm trusted and and for me that holds a, a whole lot of value that there's just people out there and, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but you might be one of those people that when they see my name on something, they know it's worth checking out.
0: 100%. And,
1: mm-hmm. and, and that's all I that really <clears throat> like. Like KRS has this one line where he's like, yo, wherever all the dope shit go, that's where my shit go. That's, <laughs> that's Put that shit on my headstone, bro. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it's, fun- it's funny because I was telling my wife about because um, like, aside from, you know, when I listened to her, to, to you uh, near her, she she, yeah. she she likes she likes a lot of rap and hip hop and that like, gets and and, and uh, I got mad love for her her palette of music because I mean she's very diverse so yeah. she loves she loves a lot of hip hop and goes through a lot of stuff with me but uh, but I was telling her I said like I know where you've heard acrobat acrobatic before you heard them coming out of my phone or you know uh-huh. in my car and she's like oh yeah where I said the mighty underdogs and she's like oh yeah and so she, oh. she light bulbs came on on there. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm in, that one, and I can I can talk about those quantum dudes for days and and still not say everything that's on my brain about them. But, yeah, it's, um, it's
1: you know you might get me kind of emotional <laughs> if we go there,
0: man. Yeah, like the same same here, man. Because I I'm gonna tell you right out too that Latif, um, like he he became a friend of mine about ten years ago now yeah um and he he and I talked on the show too, and then uh he he laid the ground for me to talk to uh to talk to gab and and so so yeah like when I, when i when yeah so rest in peace to yeah. gab for sure man like
1: absolutely uh, I mean there's uh, not enough <clears throat> that could be said about that that crew of guys man no, I was very fortunate to be able to bring in twenty twenty with their whole crew. they came in. And we did a show together in Portland, Maine, and it was ill because Gift was, was actually celebrating that he he had gotten approved for a mortgage.
0: Yeah.
1: And then it was like the <clears> next <throat> thing I heard about him, you know, from the movie that,
0: that he was gone. So, yeah. It was
1: just super tragic. And just, I mean, I would say anybody listening to this, man, like if you haven't heard the music of Black Alicious or anyone from the Quantum.
0: People check those absolutely that,
1: that's that's where it's
0: at <laughs> yeah i mean and that's and that's in 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 i want and and here's another compliment that you're gonna again because you're gonna you're on on a phone instead of in face to face not yeah. gonna get that <laughs> but uh, that this is 100 percent true to you too is like when i when i saw that you and you and lift were on a track with those dudes like i'm like yeah. that that makes 110 percent sense because like like because to, to hear what you guys do from from the Boston end, and then hear what what, what those cats are doing from the Bay, like, it just comes together yeah. that way. Like, and so when I heard that song for the, very, for the first time when I when I bought that album when it like, like when it came out, I don't even remember where when it came out. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, but uh, but it's like it's been a while, but yeah.
1: I, I don't know, maybe like two thousand ten. I want to say something like
0: that, something in there. Yeah, I think too. It's like. But like when I saw your name on there, I'm like, you know that that's before even hearing the song. I'm like, that makes sense, because yeah. that's because that's where like that's where I hold you in in the, that lyricism regard. Is that like? Well,
1: thank you. you you're that's welcome, That is lofty <clears throat> praise, right there. for <clears throat> Sure. I mean, those guys are some of the best, man. I mean, Gab is is like truly upper echelon.
0: That's that, yeah, I mean that you said it there, man. But you, but you ran with those cats. I mean, you, you, uh, you were right there with them, and like, and like I said, it made like when I saw your name there in the featuring section of that, I'm like that makes sense. That makes yeah, sense that yeah, these I'm cats are doing something. Do that,
1: that felt like one of those ones where there, there's some collabs that I have had the pleasure of doing that. Like I'm like, yeah, you know what? There's gonna be a lot of people out there that are happy that this happened, and that that's how I felt when we did the the mic. Man, there's just people on both coasts that are going to be so psyched to just see the, that that happened, you know what I mean? And then to hear it and like it is even a, a bonus.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: yeah. Living Legends, I, I love a lot of West Coast cats, man. I I did a joint with, uh, with Scarab and, and the Living Legends, uh, produced by a uh, funk junkie out there in the West Coast.
0: Man. That's dope. It
1: came out so dope, man. Like, I just love working with these cats. and and even though it was one of those things where like, even though it was done remotely, it felt like we were in the lab because we had been on tour together. You know what I'm saying? I had a big barbecue at, uh, I think it was Lucky's crib at, at Living Legends. They they hosted everybody while we were on tour and threw a big cookout. There's all kinds of rappers was there merging Everybody was there, man. Like <laughs> that's, this, this, that's, that's almost 20 years ago now. But like when we were on that Def drugs tour, Back in like '04, man, like that's when I got to meet everybody around that era, that era. That's when I really got to like solidify myself with the greater underground community, you know, across the country. Because we just stopped in every city
0: and did shows, just got to deal with everybody. And that, that's that that's dope. That's so good. And. Like you just you just told me like you just mentioned a bunch of the dudes that I listen to a lot too. I mean, on top of on top of yourself. I mean, it's like so it's and I remember being in school and I remember like one of my friends saying, like, you know, because I was playing some of the stuff that we're talking about, like, yep. saying, Well, wow, if West Coast stuff sounded like this, I would listen to him like, dude, this is West Coast, right? Yeah. Like like that's like if you listen to the Bay, man, I mean that's that's yep. what's up. Right? I mean, there's no no disrespect to those Compton dudes and and L.A. and you know, but but for me, it yeah, yeah. always it always made sense to living legends uh, that the Quantum Crew, uh, the Hiro Crew, um, Digital Underground. I mean, and so yeah, shout out to Mystic because I had her on a little while back too. So. Shock G, rest in peace to him as yeah, well. Rest, I mean, yeah, rest rest in peace, Shock he, G. You yeah. got to work for him on the first Perceptionist album.
1: Yeah. Because he he was on that tour with us. He was he was Murr's, uh musical stage uh, producer.
0: That's what's up, man. Like I, get, I... I
1: got to spend six weeks on tour with Shock G, man.
0: Like, that's so that's that's incredible. With
1: I learned a lot there. Like yeah. it was actually pretty humbling too, man. Because it's just like that was another time in in my life where I was just like, I don't know, man. I just feel like every once in a while, man, somebody has to remind you.
2: Yeah.
1: Shaq G did that for me like in, in the gentlest, coolest way that he, if he wanted to, he could have sunned me. You know what I'm saying? But he didn't do that. And I just really appreciated that. You know, and he, he just like, you know, subtly guided me towards a smarter way of approaching something. And I was just like, damn, that was like some real big brother shit right there. That was really cool. And, you know, to see, that, with all, all that I already knew about how much of a genius he was musically, I'm like, yeah, man, there's, you know, there's, there's definitely some people to look up to. And it um, does,
2: it's,
1: not, it's not based on dollar signs, man. All these people that we've named, I don't know how much money any of them got.
0: That's what draws me to them. That's what I was about to say. That's what that, that brings me to them. That's what brought me to you. I mean, that's because i'm i'm feeling it man it's like it's like I, it's something to think about there's something i'm feeling like it's it and that's what i'm looking for in any music i listen to like i you know i get, if i get those goosebumps when i'm hearing somebody then that's that's really where i i start that really keying in and and like yeah and you and you definitely you definitely hit those moments because like i mean and part of it is that the fact that we have that similar you know like environment we came from but then yep. But then, like you right. on a, on an intellectual lyricist level, you like you're you're going at it in a way that that makes sense to me, and that's what I want out of out of the rap I'm listening to. So like it's so thank you very much for that, sir.
1: Oh, thanks, man. I think <coughs> I think in a lot of ways, like there's there's some parallels to like maybe somebody like, uh, I mean, not not I'm not saying catalog wise. I'm just saying the uh, experience that come up, but like Ice Cube, because like. Ice Cube went to like private school. We went to prep school. I did too. So did Liv, you know. And I, I think that in those environments, like regardless of, of what you do like image-wise or you know what, because your music is is gonna address the environment that you're familiar with, so but like having that Early education of learning the classic languages of like Latin and Greek and shit, and like in French, and getting to understand the relationships of words and what they have to each other, and what every word means, and what every word root and suffix and prefix means, so that when you're looking for words when you're writing songs, they're just right there.
0: That's what's you know happening. you
1: and you you just you just have that. <clears throat> Like, I just have I have this love for the English language that makes me want to try to find new things to do with it. You know what I mean? I feel like, you know, when I listen to Eminem, I, I feel like I hear somebody who really loves and it just yeah. to see just how much you can bend the rules of the language in order to make shit sound better. Right. So I'm, I'm on it like that too, man. I'm, I'm just always going to look at it, at it as an art form uh, and as, as an escape to because this is this is really like this is when you're a musician or, or an artist of any kind really it's like you're leaving behind Yellix, man. Like, i was talking to a group of students and i introduced myself and i was just like you know i said my name like bridgman like, but the world is going to remember me as acrobatic and that's a that's serious because I've been doing things under that name for 25 years and, and not much with my regular name.
2: <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so
1: like when, when my time comes, they're not gonna be like, well, Jared Bridgman, cause who's that, right? They're gonna be like, "Acrobatic passed away. And it's gonna be like, oh, well, the people who know who that is know who that is. There's no mistake in that for some other guy named Jared. And, <clears throat> and what I leave behind under that name is, that's forever. You know, it's your chance at immortality, and you get to choose the specific type of immortality that you get. So why not leave behind something that you really feel that you really want people to feel? Because you know, your pockets that that can't can't do nothing. That's not gonna do nothing for you when you go. You know what I mean? And I, I don't have any heirs. I don't have any heirs, so I'm not worried about, <laughs> you know what I mean, <laughs> like trying to leave behind some fortune or something for somebody. It's like, no, nah, man, I'm here. I'm trying to do this. And then hopefully it'll be seen as like some type of benevolence or a gift that I left behind a catalog of things that you can draw some type of inspiration from and have a good time. But at the same time, maybe forever, maybe for the next 50 or 100 years to, when, to whenever I'm forgotten. But it ain't going to be right away. I promise that man yeah, i
0: can i can promise that too so Sorry. and and now you know that i will be street teaming street teaming the hell out of this this <laughs> i <side>. appreciate that <laughs> this,
1: but there's still many chapters to be written man you know absolutely I'm focusing on that now
0: absolutely uh, and so so thinking about like guys like um like the different ends of your life like your start or the different ways you you do your life i should say um like you, you you, teach. So what brought you there? What brought you into teaching?
1: That happened by chance. I mean, I've always <clears throat> done things like um, maybe uh, like worked at a camp or something, like, like not necessarily a camp, but like an educational camp, like summer school programs and things mm-hmm. like that, where I was like either a counselor um, or like a teacher's assistant. Yeah, I would say something like that. But it was that was just something I was doing to make money. In my early 20s, just trying to make money in the summer, like as far as like actually wanting to become a teacher, that was never my thing. It wasn't something that I would even really thought about. But then um, this professor at UMass Boston, uh, Rachel Rubin, had me come to campus to do a, an interview on her radio show. And while, after we did that, she asked if I would visit her class. I came in and visited the class. She had a class on uh, pop, uh, pop music in society uh, I don't I don't'm i butchering the name of the class but it was basically about pop music and its effect on on society and culture and she was doing a unit on hip-hop and I came in was like guest lecturer and the first when I walked in she was playing the message Grandmaster flash and the Furious 5 I was like oh I like this already so, <laughs> and, and we sat down and like the hour and a half just flew by next thing I knew a few weeks later I got an email like hey how would you think about what do you think about like co teaching with me so that we could do a class where we got like the artist perspective alongside the scholars perspective? I'm like, Oh shit, that's cool. Let's do it. So I tried it out. Students loved it. And then after a few semesters, you know, I was starting to become, you know, quite scholar myself, at least in my field, you know. And so I got offered the opportunity to teach the class by myself.
0: And now I've been at UMass Boston for ten years. So that's that's dope. that's that's incredible man it's like i i've uh i've worked with kids for a long time i mean i currently work in a middle school so like when i when i found out you were teaching i'm like this is this is fucking great man but uh i get to
1: to like show show all the students like the work of my friends and you know just kind of relive all that nostalgia from from the very beginning you know at the beginning of each semester you know the first couple weeks we're going through like those early foundational days, we're talking about Cool Herc, we're talking about Grandmaster Flash, we're talking about Sugar Hill Records, you know, like really starting with the needy and the gritty and and throughout the whole semester we go just about everywhere from there, we talk about hip hop locally, local scenes in different cities, we talk about the the migration of hip-hop around the world and how now it's just become a global phenomenon and how just about every country has some type of representation of hip-hop in its culture. And uh, we've had guests in class. Chuck D has inter- interviewed with our class, Freddie Fox, uh, Lif has visited class, Slane, Ed O.G., like a, a ton of cats. I'm really, really proud of what we've done over there at UMass. We also have a a hip-hop archive. Uh, it's the Mass Hip-Hop Archive. It's It's the only one of its kind, which is just like an amazing collection of like digitized college radio shows and demo cassettes and flyers and photos of, of Boston and surrounding areas, hip hop history.
0: So, that's, that's incredible, man. And, and as you know,
1: UMass Boston is right in Dorchester. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so it just makes the story kind of you know, that much more heartwarming for me to have it come full circle. I dropped out of that school when I was 19 because I couldn't afford it. And you know, to, to be teaching there now, 30 years later, and to have one of the most popular classes on campus on top of that, man, it's just, it's a nice feeling because uh, students love the the opportunity to learn about hip hop because they're living the culture. They are hip hop, but the same way, like, okay, I am black, but if I don't know black history, you know what I mean? I I know that I am black, but what exactly does that mean? Like, what, what are we talking about here, right? And so, like, I think a lot of hip-hop lovers are finding themselves in that situation. Like, it's not something I have to think about because I just am that. But it's like, wait, but now it's been around for 50 years, so let's talk about how it started, how it evolved, who the people were, and it might help you understand a lot more what's going on now.
0: Right. You know? and,
1: and they see that without me having to tell them that. And it just, it just seems to organically work because that hip-hop is what it is you know like I think it's cool to have me bring what I bring to it because yeah you know I'm an artist so I have all this like anecdotal uh experience and stories I can tell I've been to a lot of the countries that we're studying about and things like that so I love that part but I mean come on man it's like this the story of hip-hop just writes itself it's so beautiful you you could just take you know the story of like any of so many artists, and just realize how many lives hip hop has saved. You know, what I mean? like, yeah. like, you 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 look at somebody like Nas. You know, man was, was like born the year that hip hop started, and, and and dropped like six albums leading up to his 50th birthday, <laughs> <laughs> and, and owns like part of the Mets, and it's like uh, okay. you know, hundred million dollars, like. Who would have thought I mean this cat was rhyming on a park bench with a chipped tooth having to deal with people fronting on him you know he never got no kind of Grammy award nothing like that in his whole career even though he was clearly the standout top lyricist so many years after year after year so to see like a success story like that shows you truly what the power of hip-hop is because that's a dude that really didn't do too much fancy stuff in his career he just came at you with lyrics Absolutely. You know what I mean? And those yeah. lyrics were so good that there's nothing anyone could do from a lot of people loving that shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like that, the fact that like hip hop has created that many different names for folks, man. And now there's so many different job opportunities you know, with, you know, the fashion part of it, the choreography part of it. And that's why we can't really reject the different forms of hip hop that there are. Because I, I know that, to like to a lot of purists or a lot of old school heads like some of it is abrasive and it's hard to listen to and yeah some of it's bad too but there's always been bad rap there's always been bad rap you know what i mean like that's why most rap is about how much bad rap there is you know <laughs> like it, it just it just it makes sense that it would be that way so you know i think you got to just like let people have their thing i wish people didn't love killing each other so much but I, at this point, I feel like if I went out into the open air and said, "Stop shooting each other, please," somebody would just shoot me. So I'm, I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not interested in getting involved in that right now. I'm just like, man, I just wish people would cool the fuck out. But America's sick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, the opportunity to, to just, you know, put music out there that is is helpful, or at least isn't hurtful, is still there. You know, I don't think anybody needs to feel like there's not a lane for them. There's so many different lanes. Pop is provided that. You know, every every type of artist imaginable can kind of coexist and has a place or multiple places where they can at least be heard.
0: Yeah. You know, absolutely. Something. Yeah. Yeah. My, my my wife has helped me learn that a little bit because I'm, I'm sometimes that guy that uh, sitting on my porch telling kids to get off my lawn, kind of kind of situation. <laughs> uh, when it comes to when it comes to hip hop and and she said, she had said to me once, and I'm going to try to quote it. She said, like, it's not for you, but it's probably for someone else. So I'm like, so I mean, that, that makes sense. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, know. that's
1: what it comes down to. Because yeah. the other part, too, is that we're all at different <laughs> stages of growth. Yeah. Know what I mean, like, I'm yeah. glad I was the age I was when certain shit came out. Because, like, if I had been 35 the first time I heard Ghetto Boys, maybe it wouldn't have been for me. Maybe, I don't know. Cause when I was thirty-five, I loved the ghetto boys, but I had been listening to them since I was fourteen. Right. The way they captivated me at that age when I heard them had a lot to do with why I loved it so much. And I think that like most people I know, the music that they love the most is the music that they were listening to as they were becoming an adult. You know, as you're as you're ending your high school years and going into those first couple of years of being an adult and going out and, you know starting to, everything's new. Sex is new. You know, the violent stories haven't gotten old yet. Everything is is fresh and new. And so the nostalgia when you hear that shit later in life is like, oh, yeah, what a time. Yeah. Okay. You know, Was it better? Was it better than now? I like a lot of the stuff that I'm hearing now, too. Yeah, you know, I think, seriously, the bar has been raised. I think that even, even now, commercial rappers, there's a lot of them that are, that are conscious about if what they write is weak, they'll get called out on it.
0: Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. You know what I
1: mean? And and then even beyond that, I think that there's some cats that are just dope lyricists that just don't aren't even really concerned with that so much that are just dope lyricists. So you know, there's something out there for everybody. Like you said, it's not for you, it's for somebody. Yeah. That's good enough for me, man, because I also don't know if I would even be able to handle being the type of cat that like if, if everyone knew who i was and everyone listened to my music even if everyone loved it i think that would be too much i'm 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 already i'm already reclusive enough as it is man you know what i mean like okay. i like me i like being out in public but at the same time like there's a there's a line for me where it's like if it was over like overstimulating to that degree where I, you know I feel like i would not want that i'm glad that i'm not that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling that too. Because like my, my wife said to me today, because I'm about to embark on a trip to see some family like tomorrow morning, and in uh, yeah, and she's like, "Are you ready for the trip?" I'm like, "Well, I'm physically ready." She's like, "Well, you know, you are the type that you love to be around people, you just hate leaving the house." <laughs> so it's like, "Yo, that's so, a, that's
1: man, you're more uh, like me than I thought."
0: Yeah, I, I'm thinking that same thing too. Like I'm, I feel like I'm, I've, I've found like some, some other part of my soul when talking to you right now. So it's it's been
1: especially like that for me since I moved to Rhode Island a few years ago, man. We've been down here for like five years now and it it hasn't been my favorite experience. Uh, And a big part of that is just because it's like every time I need to leave the crib to go to work, I gotta travel for hours every time there's there's never like oh this is only 10 minutes away nice (laughs) this is only 20 it's always no hour and a half three hours whatever like even just going to teach my class a couple times a week it's like you know the the commute there makes it feel like giving those entire days up to teach an hour and a half class (laughs) i make it work i make it work because i know how much time it is and what i'll be doing and if I Need to get mm-hmm. some, some writing done on the train on the commuter rail or something like that, I can do that, but I'm still though. It's like you know, it, it was nice just being right in the center of town, so I uh, getting back to Boston proper is uh definitely a priority for me.
0: Yeah, I hear you. That's the thing, is like I've been moving further into into the woods no Olympics, so we get an act back. <laughs> there we go. I like that. I can move <laughs> that. <clears throat> And maybe you'll bring another Red Sox World Series with you, too. Man, just, <laughs> you're looking like the only team that has a shot right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's, it's crazy. Tough yeah, time. We're yeah, forward, I, We're we are, yeah, we are. And I, I know that uh, the, the Celtics are doing their thing, and hopefully, it yeah. lasts. And... Actually, I
1: was about to say the Red Sox don't have a shot. I only said that because you brought them up. The, the Red yeah. Sox will take a lot more than me coming back. <laughs> I, can't, I can't replace Chris Sale, bro.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't can, know why
1: they did that. Yeah, I don't even. Sure I guess because he's like, injured
0: all the time. Or maybe, but, yeah, yeah, it's I mean, tough. Just, yeah, yeah. It's crazy because, like, I didn't you know, I love, yeah, I love, I love, like you said earlier, and, and I love all the, the the New England sports teams. You know, it's like it's yeah. it's, it's it's been tough to watch the Pats. Uh, yeah. but I mean, but the it, Bruins, the Bruins are ill until the playoffs. Yeah, I'm hoping they change that because they're not as hot as they were last year. So yeah, at least we'll see.
1: That's what I don't even really know what's going on with them this year because last year was such a colossal letdown. Like, yo, you had us thinking we could talk shit. Right.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm glad I didn't say nothing to nobody yet. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's oh man. Yeah, I yo, was, you ever
1: heard it's... you ever heard the brew Tang mixtape?
0: No. Never. Oh man. I need to. Yeah. I need to I need to hear that. Yeah. Uh, this, this is over. Just go
1: to YouTube. Bru you Tang well, I will do this. The fact that you've <laughs> never heard that and you still like me this much, I'm like, man, <laughs> uh. <laughs> you like me this much and you haven't even heard Brew Tang. Oh man. Hey, <laughs> nah, I so I did a. I did a project. So one of my homies, my dear homie Marlon, he has a clothing company. Where he does like uh just like sports gear, and every once in a while he'll get like a like a player from one of the teams to collaborate with him. And so he did a collaboration with Brad Marshawn. And wow. his scoring line, this is you know, 10 years ago. They were calling him the Brew Tang Clan And and Brad Marshawn was nose face killer.
0: I was gonna say that's where it's going, isn't it? Yeah, uh, because I remember those the shirts. Nose.
1: Yeah. yeah. There were some shirts. And he was like, "Yo, you think you could do like a promo song for it?" I was like, "I had just come out the hospital after my heart surgery. I'll do. I was i like, 'I'll do a promo album. Let's go.'"
2: <laughs> and, I, and I
1: and I just decided to make because because he showed me the artwork and the artwork had all the Bruins on it and they looked like like kind of like hip hopped out hockey players. And I was like, "Oh man, if I just give all of them Wu-Tang names and voices and rap as if I'm just a hockey." Over over Wu Tang songs, and so I did that. We didn't sell it; it was free. So I don't want Corn coming after me. Nobody like that. <sighs> that's the yeah. uh, Beat up by Wu Tang. I love Wu Tang. They're the greatest. I yeah, they... That's why I did it because it was a tribute. It was a tribute to, yeah, my home city and and the team, the Bruins, but also an opportunity to just show how committed I was and how much I love. And, and just the brilliance of their music so getting to even mess around with it to that degree just it was just a
0: lot of fun like that's so dope
1: I had just like I was just I had just recovered from surgery so it was like I wanted to do something that was fun I wasn't ready to just jump in the lab and start rapping about all that darkness yet I needed to just have some fun first and so that's what Clan was. for me. so I I'd highly suggest anybody
0: check that out uh, yeah, I will definitely check that out. I'll I'll even put the link in the episode description when I get Lord. everything set for this. Uh, That's dope. Yeah, because I, I I oh, man, I was like I you know, like I said, big big fan of all that stuff too. I was remembering when I when we were talking about the Bruins, I was remembering um, I was I quoted uh, an MC search line from Back to the Grill when I was a kid. Like, because someone was like. Uh, you're a baseball kid, like I'm like, yeah. And it's like he's like, What do you think about basketball or football? I'm like, Oh you're cool. But then I'm like, But I'm but I'm white, so I guess my game is hockey. Oh, <laughs> I, remember like, that one. I was uh, like, wait, where's he going? I remember yeah, that, man. And so it's like when I said that, like, like the, the, the my friends were like, Oh man, <laughs> Here comes Yo, when's the... the last time when's the last time you listened to the cactus album? Oh man, you yeah. I don't feel like it was all that long ago, actually, because I still have
1: it. Yeah, I still have it. It's been a really long time for me, but for some reason, I feel like I I want to go listen to it because not only was there some really good rhyming on a lot of those songs, but like they (sighs) captured, to me, that's one of the best produced rap albums. At least I remember it that way. I remember it having like some of the best sampling and production that I had ever heard.
0: I'm I'm right there with you on that one. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, and, and that's like yeah. I
1: said, I haven't heard it in at least twenty years. But I'm I'm gonna go back and peep that
0: one because in in my headphones as a kid, that shit sounded special.
2: Oh
0: yeah, because you got some some stuff from Prince Paul on there, Prince and then Paul, uh, right. Prince yeah Prince right. Paul did the guy ga- he he produced the gas pace, and then uh, okay. there's a couple other tracks on that one that he did, yep. and then uh, and then I want to say Yo, same, there was one on seven. there where
1: they they sampled what what comes up must go down. I mean what goes up must come down. I don't yeah. remember the name of that track, but that that song was crazy.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to remember Brooklyn the name Queen of that track Queen too. Yeah. How did they clear those samples? I don't even I mean I think it was right before everything really blew up on that. Yeah, because Brooklyn Queens, that was like to be real. Yeah. You can't I just take that.
1: Yeah, I don't know how they cleared that. You gotta be puffy that's to a, do that.
0: Yeah. Cause that's like the, yeah that's like that's after Day drops. Three feet, I think. So, like, I don't, yeah, know they, it I don't know how that. Well, so I don't know how they did because that was when everybody was on, on like, you better clear that sample. Right. I and that know. was what Columbia Records? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Def Jam. One of the. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah.
0: yeah. Wow. Columbia Def Jam at the time. And uh, yeah. I want to say the stuff that they even like uh, because Prince Paul was like a master at hiding the sample. I'm and sometimes
1: yeah
0: happened. Yeah. That happened. Like, I feel like
1: that's one of those albums that would give me. I don't know if you ever get those like nostalgia chills every once in a while.
2: When, oh oh yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, when
1: something just hits you and you're just like, Oh man, like there, there's some song on one of the video games I play every once in a while. That's on there. It's not even a song by anyone I know. It just has this feel to it that takes me to a specific time. And you just it's like, Oh damn. You just get that quick little, like that shiver. Like I think that, uh, the, the cactus album has like a lot of those types of moments on it. The same way that, um, Paul Boutique
0: does, but, but yeah.
1: well, I I would say
0: Paul Boutique is just a much better album because I I listen to that shit all the time. Oh yeah, I I, I was probably just last last night or a couple days ago that I listened yeah, to that one. Yeah. Uh, Beastie's of, are forever in my heart. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a big
1: part of uh, just my come up too. Like they they're a big part of why I always wanted to be in groups. You
2: know yeah, know
1: like I, I didn't always want to just be a, I like having solo songs, but like. I have way more fun collaborating. So, like you know, rocking with lift or something like that. That's like for me, that's the closest to, to being like, especially when we have Hayden with us, because you know, just that camaraderie of just having the three, and right. turning my back and forth. Like they, those guys mastered that shit. Like they, you know, it was never really about like how many syllables they were stretching or anything like that. It was just about them being musicians and keeping
0: the whole song Thank absolutely
1: masters of
0: that. yeah yes. yeah that uh, yeah that whole sy- synergy in, in in chemistry was what it's like it, it my early days of writing what's inspired like that because i wanted all my words to work together like ad rock mike d and mca right. so like right. So every every syllable I say has to be something to do with the last syllable that I said, and so and it has a hundred percent. Like at first, it was a hundred percent them, and then you know when I f- further into things, and, um, the way Tip and Fife go back and forth with each other, um, especially on stuff like bugging out, and you know, but uh, so yeah, and rest in peace, Fife as well, but uh, but yeah, like so you just this this conversation has been dope as hell. I just gotta tell you that right now. I'm smiling the whole time, so. <laughs> So thank you very much for that. And there's like there's all so much stuff like that that you naturally brought up too. So that's really dope too. I think your app turned off on your phone. You there, Eck? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah things were yeah, kind of quiet bad. again. <laughs> all
1: right. Yeah, my bad. I uh I caught the screens here. I gotta turn that off so it doesn't happen
0: automatically. Yeah, I don't remember when how I I. I I I figured something out like that with my phone too like I don't I don't remember when I did because I don't like I don't tech at all or very well but, but now, yeah. do they give you a shot at editing this or or is that just part of the show Um I could I can definitely edit it so we're we're good there right. uh, yeah I have to do it on a laptop I can't do it on a on a, right, right. a, hand, a handheld device but, but yeah Keep it if
1: you're going to keep it in a like, at least everyone knows I care but <laughs> Yeah
0: I'll, I'll keep I'll I'll keep the the acro carrying parts. There. <laughs> so, all right, that's what's up. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah, I'm I'm hoping you heard that like I've been smiling like this whole time we've been talking. Yeah, I did guess, I did
1: catch that man. All right.
0: I I was just I was just rambling for like the last thirty seconds or so. Anyway, so you didn't you didn't miss too much. There. All right. Uh, uh, no no big no biggie there. So like we're since we're talking about groups and how that synergy starts like like I, I'm like. Can tell you right out watching you and Lift do your thing back in June was 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 what I was hoping for. Cause like I'd been wanting to see you guys do it together for a long time. Um, I've been mean, listening to you guys do it, but I've never seen you do it in person. Such a dope show, first of all. Um, Thank you, man. You're welcome. Uh you're very, very welcome. Man. but uh how did how did you guys connect like originally though?
1: We connected via um Backpack Studios, which was like Papa D from, from Brick Records. He had like a home studio set up, so all the artists on Brick Records would go through there to record their their records and their demos and stuff. And I was rolling with Detonator Records, but my man Pete didn't have a studio, so he made a deal with with Papa D to have me and other artists come through to record stuff over there. So a lot of my early stuff I recorded there, and a lot of the so so i met lift there because you know we bump into each other and i just heard him rapping and i was like oh this dude i had never heard nobody like this (laughs) what (laughs) so like we immediately just vibed and and uh started hanging out man like playing video games and making beats you know what i'm saying so so we would just go on binges of making beats and just writing rhymes so like one of us would maybe be on the game while somebody else is making a beat then we just switch shifts. You know, that's, it's a good way to not be just on the video game shift the whole entire day and actually get something done. you somebody trade off? Gonna right. <laughs> I'm gonna finish those drums that you just set up. You go ahead and beat this level of you know, <laughs> this twisted metal two or whatever it was we were playing. And so we, uh, you know, clicked immediately. We did a show together where it was like one of us was the hype man for the other one. It was like one of us had a solo, like a show, like a three song set, and the other one came on as a hype man, and we still did like two of the three songs together anyway. And so that was like 95, dog. And and, and we did that, we knew it. Everybody was like, y'all should be a group. Y'all need to be a group. And we've been hanging out, we've been brothers ever since,
0: man. That's what's up, man.
1: Yeah, to this day.
0: Yeah, because I could you could see that. I mean it's 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 almost almost tangible. Like you can almost hold Yeah, we don't even need to see that, each
1: other for months, man. We just get on and
0: stage and go off. Yeah, that's that's uh totally Smiling, the whole nine, like whatever. It's a connection, it's definitely an eternal connection, man. Yeah, because like guess one one of those things that I noticed when you guys were up there was uh that like when one dude was rapping, the other was like like not only hyping the other up, but like you were smiling. When the other yeah. guy was doing his thing, and like, and it reminded me, it reminded me of all those best videos I've seen of uh, of Miles watching Coltrane do his thing. You know, it's like, oh, it, it was just like wow. Like, I love seeing that because, like, I'm I'm someone like I, like my wife said, I love being around people and I love the people bro, in my bro, life. You, you don't even but, know. But, bro, Chuck D said that exact same thing about me and Liv. No shit. That's he that's, said that
1: uh, exact same thing. Exact yeah. names you just used in everything.
0: That's he dope. Was, he,
1: it's it's in print. That shit's in like Time Out New York.
2: Where he
0: That's
1: was dope. Like, he was like and Lift reminds me. He was like the camaraderie that Akinliff have on stage reminds me of of Miles and That's
0: cool. dope, man. Like that, that you and just made want to say that in the podcast right there. <laughs> right, like, it's like I didn't even know he's I, oh man. I you just made you made my night all over again right there. Great minds I think alike, bro. You, yeah, <laughs> you just, you just it came up with a Chuck D quote without even knowing. <laughs> that's that's incredible. Yeah, because I'm a huge jazz head too. So like that's where like, oh, I, a, lot, a lot of my thinking comes from from I like, and definitely rest in peace to both of those cats, but like oh, boy, especially boy. especially it's trying an honor to
1: be liking to giants like that anyway. Yeah. And to also have just like my connection with Lift, you know, held in that type of regard by somebody that I mean Chuck. Is somebody I have as much if not more respect for than anyone you know what i mean so yeah. to to have somebody like that that you feel like literally like the first time i met chuck I, it, it was like meeting superman or some shit like that <laughs> you know what i mean so like to have that person you know make those types of assessments of me you know i'm like, right. oh, man, bro, like that I, I'm, I'm just going to stick to my script man
0: you know? yeah that's yeah cuz like that's a mean high confidence comes from chuck because like yeah but he he. Uh, I mean, I, I'm sure he has heard heard somewhere at least through the grapevine. Because, like I said, I got that connection with C Doc, and then like I mm-hmm. and Chuck follows me on Twitter when whenever I get on there, anyway. And, okay. And so I say I send him love every now and again. He's he's really gracious enough to send it back every now and again too. So that's really cool. But yeah, so uh, that's so thing about him is as busy as he is, man.
1: Yeah, he he will find ways to make time. I was doing a uh, matter of fact when I was on C Doc's podcast last year he was at a, at a restaurant having a dinner meeting and he actually like went out to the car just to like pop into the podcast and say what's up because he knew I was on live.
0: Well, that's dope. So, like, just, yeah.
1: like, just like paid me some like ridiculously high compliment that I wasn't worthy of. And then he was like, all right, fellas, peace, man. Let me know when you need me. You know, like just so down to earth, such a real dude. And to be, you know, to have been doing this for so long, so consistently and just like to see him in give back mode the way that he is now, just like constantly making lanes and creating opportunities for other people. I mean, it's just really amazing. He's, he's doing other things with his career too, like, you know, putting out art books and, and, and doing like gallery showings and things like that. He's just really really intriguing person, man. And I'm glad that they gave him his flowers for the 50th uh, year of hip hop. Put out a like incredible uh, documentary on PBS called "Fight the Power." You know how hip hop changed the world. I've used that in my classroom and probably always will moving forward.
0: That's dope. And, you know,
1: just just really incredible individual. You know what I mean? If there's a hip hop Mount Rushmore, I wouldn't accept him unless he was. Oh
0: uh, yeah, I mean he's definitely on mine for sure. I mean, and if I had my way, he'd be on all the stamps. That's for sure. I <laughs> have no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah I see. That. <laughs> yeah yeah, it's like, I, yeah. shout out to my big brother carl because what i'm about to say is like i say a lot um uh he gave me it takes a nation um i don't i want to say i was 12 13 when i when he gave yeah. me that and that album like blew up my mind and put it back together better and like it's so to hear that you guys are still tight like that that's that's cool too because i know yeah. that like and, and and for you to tell me that i'm thinking like him that means a lot. So yeah. thank you very much for I mean, that. So
1: as far as the
0: perceptionist goes, anyway,
1: you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's definitely and, what he said. That's exactly what he said.
0: I'll I'll take it where I can go. <clears and throat> so, so that's, or, that's yeah, really... me
1: too, man. That's that's one I hold dear. That's why as soon as you said it, the light bulb went off. I was like, what?
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, I see, it. I mean, he is definitely somebody I've been listening to for a long time. So it makes the sense that that he's got you know, he's got his way, and he's got he's had his way into my brain for a long time now. So
1: for yeah, pretty delta. Trek, he's always had his ear to the street. You know, I mean, yeah. he's always out there listening to see like what artists are out there truly trying to advance the culture.
0: Yeah,
2: make sure
1: that you get
0: heard. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Like the when I I heard that the track that he is on with you come through, and I'm like, okay, this is just yeah. this is just where my my brain needs to be. So like that. So. Yeah, so definitely yeah. thank you for your part in that. But
1: oh man, yeah. 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 A pleasure, man. I'm just, I'm happy to be. Anytime something like that can happen and I'm part of it, man. I'm just glad to, to, to mm-hmm. be a vessel for it, man. Like, let's my involvement in something that's gonna create a moment like that. You know, what I mean, like something like kindred can happen. Like, all people, let's do it. And it, it was the type of thing where just like his voice the song starting with his voice so powerful and so recognizable, you know, it just took that that record and that song just to a uh, height that, I mean, it's a, it's a good song, I think, but like having Chuck introduce it the way that he does on the record, just kind of puts it that stamp and that talent. And then, you know, I feel like because of the, the work that I've done with, with like Chuck and like Talib and, and, you know, Freddie, like some of these cats, man, like, I feel like I'm in the canon of, of hip hop, like for real. There's always gonna be people that could say that they rapped or they put some songs out, especially now with the technology. But I think that, like, you know, 50 years down the line from now, 75 years down the line from now, when they're looking back and now this, like how KRS-One said, you know, 50 years down the line, you could start this because we'll be the old school artists, like that's when we'll really be the old school artists and we'll really kind of all be grouped in a little bit more closely than we are now. And I'm, I'm just proud to know that I'll be part of that canon, like part of the hip hop pioneers that came along like right around before the turn of the century that made a stamp in the underground and blazed some, some trails that hadn't been blazed yet. You know, like I can never take individual responsibility for that, but I was on the motherfucking tour bus and I was on the stage right, with all those cats, you know what I mean, and in the studio, mm-hmm. and, and that is you know, something that can never be taken away, and those memories and experiences, and the people that I got to, to meet and learn from and build with, it's just it's amazing, you know what I'm saying, like LP, Aesop Rock, like Murs, all, all these cats, man, like, Kaboom, rest in peace to him. Yeah.
0: It's
1: amazing in this conversation how many times we've said, yes?
0: Yeah, that's the. I was thinking that too. I was like, "Oh man!" I, I, you know, it, hip hop has been around long enough that we have now. And, we're and, starting and, to see
1: him, right? And and we've been around long enough.
0: So, yeah, you know it was I mean? that's
1: that's 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 the pain of sticking around.
2: Yeah, that's right. I Before mean, if it's I'm needing a knee
1: replacement. You know, at least you can replace that, right? So, so there, there's. There's, there's definitely some challenges that go along with it, but I, I think that my way of trying to deal with that is to just, you know, celebrate the journey of the person, you know, hold their memories gear and tight. You know, the same way, well, I, wouldn't want, I wouldn't want anybody's time on earth to be ruined too much by mine ending because I've done almost everything a human being could possibly imagine getting to do in this lifetime already. So it's icing on the cake from here for me. Ben. I'm just trying to make myself available to help out in as many ways as I can while still doing enough shit so that I'm getting my enjoyment out of the time that I am here because who knows I might be here another 50 years. Yeah. I mean, if
2: that's ben. the case I'm
1: going to enjoy all that shit. Now. And until they start telling me all right buddy you got to get off the stage. Until somebody tells me that <laughs> I'll be there ready to rock remind my soul. Let's
0: go. Uh, you you will never hear that from me unless it's a, it's a matter of life and death that you need to stay off the stage. So I appreciate that. Uh, uh, you're very welcome. Yeah, you're no, very I'm, very.
1: Trying my best to keep it together as long as I can, and that's you know all jokes aside. That's why I bring up the, the folks like like Chuck and and Ace and Edo because. You know, I'm hitting an age now that when I'm thinking about those guys, I'm like, wait. When those guys were my age, they were killing it. I was opening up for them in France. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so what am I even worried about, man? Like, like I said, I don't have to dunk on nobody. You know, so it's, it's not even it's not even a thing, man. You just keep evolving. That's all you have to do. If you keep evolving, the talent's not going to go away. And you just keep evolving, and then your talent will take your evolution and apply it to the art.
0: That's and right.
1: That and that that's what's gonna happen.
0: Uh, that's the right. Every
1: time I that a little bit, I remember how blessed I am, and then I can just like call Mr. Lip and, and, and talk to him for a little while and then come up with an idea for a song together. You
2: know what I mean? Uh, yeah.
1: One of my many other friends. Or. Calm on myself, man. You know what I'm saying? Just like sit down with some beats and just see where they take me. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess with this folder. I'm gonna rock this folder from eight business. I'm gonna rock this folder from I'm gonna, yeah, I'm this folder. I'm DJ Nefarious today. Like whatever beats I have, like just let's just see where they take me and, and just keep looking for inspiration.
0: That's what's up. I mean, that's that's where that's that's where my heart goes too. Is like you know. I, you take stock of what's around you, who's around you, and, and then, and then you you dig in with yourself, and then you you get that support from those people that love you, and you love. And yeah, that's. I mean, I mean, I feel like this conversation is one of those those conversations that I was like I was hoping to have because like you know when we talked back in June, yeah, uh, there was definitely there was definitely like a, like an excitement there. Like we were both talking about like where we're from, first of all, but like yeah. you just got done like this tearing the place down. So like so like the the energy was high. I was just done just got done watching you do it. So yep. my energy was high. And then but the but then there was this real there was this real talk in between us because 'cause we're talking about places we used to call our stomping grounds and then uh, and then there was that but the what was very evident in that night and what made me want to think like, okay, I gotta get a hold of him to to see if he wants to come on the corner was the fact that like it's all the stuff that you're saying now it was, like i knew that was in you yeah um, because it in part because you put your your heart into that that music you make too but like into your art but also because like you you had this glimmer in you that i'm like okay this is a this is a real fucking cat in front of me and i want yeah. i want to have a conversation with this person thank you, and i want are hey, welcome and thank you and thank you cuz like i was like i want that conversation to be recorded so people can can hear that humanity that I'm seeing right now. And so yeah, it gets, it, yeah. it's a. Thanks for providing that window. Mm-hmm. I didn't even
1: think about that part. I haven't even really <clears throat> had the chance to even process that part. You know, of course, other people are going to be listening to the conversation and, and thinking about some of the stuff that we're saying. So, you know, shout out to everybody out there who has been listening and who's listening now because uh, you guys are a, a big part of why I'm doing this, man. And anyone mm-hmm. that seeks me out intentionally. Of course, I love them for that because they understand what it takes to follow an artist that isn't a mainstream artist and actually put in the effort to do that. And then the people that find me by accident, I'm so glad that we ran into each other hope that happens again.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm I'm looking forward to the next time you come any, anywhere uh, close enough for me to drive to you. <laughs> yeah, within, you know.
1: yeah, man, as soon as this snow calmed down, we'll start coming back up there.
0: That's dope. And that's that's what up. Uh, it's it's like, yeah. So like I said, like yeah, you you have definitely weaved yourself into this community. I'm trying to build with this this whole show. And like I, yeah. So so thank you very much for that time. I My mean, that's, man, I tell
1: people all the time, man. Anything New England, man, just hit me up because I know sometimes it might seem like it's difficult to get me uh, to be able to be somewhere or something like that, or it might seem like it's far because I'm in Southern New England now, whatever. But a lot of times. The, the trips aren't quite so far or it might coincide with something else I'm doing. So don't be, don't be uh, hesitant to
0: reach out. Right, man. So thank you very much for that. And, yeah, no uh, and so as I'm, as I'm, as we're, I think cause we're, I'm winding down on my questions. Cause you actually, like you covered them without me having to ask most of them. So like, that's, really? that's pretty dope. Um, uh, so real quick, what are you listening to now? That's like, that's, that's getting you inspired and, and fired up. Um, i just listen to like
1: this playlist of like pasta news features that um i hadn't heard like a whole bunch of verses from pasta news i hadn't heard and that was the first time in a long time that the algorithm actually put something in front of me that i was like oh thanks algorithm (laughs) you know what i mean so like that that was you know he's been at the forefront of my mind because he's always been one of my favorite MCs, and he's just as great as he's been been and I think that that's what I've been mostly listening to is just like just kind of following the artists that are out there that you know I've I've been able to trust you know um, I, uh, I'm i always listening to like um, you know because he's someone who I can take music from any part of his career and check it out uh, as far as like maybe newer MCs. Um, I love Little Sims. I listen to her music a lot.
0: She's dope. Yeah, she is, man. Um,
1: But, you know, I think that there's not, uh, I don't really listen to music in formats so much. So I find myself either in my pile of 2,000 songs that I already know that I like because they're going to put me in certain moods. Potential beats that I might want to write to, uh, but as far as like new rap, I can't say that there's anyone that like really I'm thinking about like oh this is the person I need to mention. But there's there's dope songs, dope records out there. I don't know if you know this MC named Bia. She's from she's from Boston.
0: She's from oh, MA. I'll check her out.
1: Yeah, she's B I A. BIA. She's like. I mean, here's the thing. This goes back to what we were talking about earlier because if you listen to her, what I think is that anybody who listens to her is going to be like, okay, she can rap. Right? But you might hear the aesthetic of her music and the stuff that she's talking about and, and be like, it's not for me. And I totally understand why anybody would feel that way. But when I'm, what I'm learning, and I, I learn a lot from my students too when we have like open discussions in the lecture hall, man. But one thing that I came to to think recently is that like you got to just let people be who they are. right? Like if women have to sit and watch men act like gangsters and act like super thugs and act like pimps and act like drug dealers and be able to create whatever cartoon character they wanna be for themselves. Why can't women do that for themselves? Like women are now making rap music for women and not just trying to impress dudes with their rhymes they're making songs that are for women, for when women go out that they can enjoy and they don't really care too much whether or not the guys like it. And I love that. I support that movement 1000% because, you know, I think hip hop for too long has treated women like second class citizens and it's not fair at all for them to watch, you know, the, the gangster show make all the money that gets made on the mainstream level when the talent, of an artist like Bia says, yo, this should be me. Right. Let me come up with, this is this is gonna be my image. I'm gonna have the videos with all the grandeur and all the dope outfits and all the choreography. And I'm gonna have all the girls in my video, but they're not gonna be simping for you. They're just gonna be part of my crew and we're all just here kicking it. And I think that that's a much better environment thriving for women coming from hip hop that says, yeah, you're welcome here. You're not just the object. You're not just the target. You can be the person running the show. You can be the boss. You know, like I support that. I want to see more and more of that. That's why I love Bia. And that's why I love Little Sims. They have very different approaches to the same outcome in my, in my opinion, which is like a woman just being able to be like, yo, no one else is going to define how I present myself above me. And so that that's how I feel about those artists, and, and they are definitely. I think newer artists, the women, have been impressive.
0: That's what's yeah.
1: up. Men are definitely just
0: focused on tracks. <laughs> I like I, I'll, I'll definitely look her up too. So yeah, like, I, mean, I mean, like I said, it, it,
1: her music's not going to be for everybody. Like it's, it's mainstream hip hop, but like she's a good enough MC that she's on a track with Jay Cole, and she doesn't sound out of place.
0: There we go. So, yeah, so
1: like you know, and, and J Cole, you know, he's somebody that I haven't mentioned, but only because by now everybody knows how good he is.
0: Like, yeah, don't everybody know, knows him. So to, to <clears> information
1: <throat> by saying that J Cole is dope,
0: <laughs> you know what I mean. But but
1: uh-huh. you know, B is on a track with him, and it's like you know, it's, again, it's not even my favorite song, but I mean, she's going bar for bar, like she she can rhyme, and she has a way of presenting herself that I think. I would lead to a little bit more longevity than some of her. Okay. Not Count but some of the other female MCs. Yeah, I like Young M.A. too. I was happy to see Young M.A. come back recently. they have Some health, some health issues, and you know, Young M.A. is a is a good MC too just we were talking about that environmental stuff that unfortunately I mean not unfortunately fortunately for me I've been able to see a lot of different environments you know what I mean so I understand them a lot of my family's from Brooklyn you know I know what that New York hood life is like and I understand how a lot of the music that comes out of internet, it's not the way that it does Cause it's true life. you know you listen to M.O.P they talking about the real shit that's happening
2: yeah
0: like that, a
1: figment of their imagination
0: yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I hear you. Man, right. so yeah, you gave me some homework tonight too. So so okay. I appreciate it, yeah, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will look that up. I will, I will look that up yeah. as soon as we, we we can disconnect. Uh man, so Akro, thank you very much for coming on with me, man. This My is, pleasure, uh, brother. This, this has been this has been a good time. And Thanks I'll definitely do me,
1: man. I enjoyed every minute. That this time went by very fast, man. It, it really know, did. Think, uh, glad we did it and you know if you need me, you know how to find me, brother.
0: Absolutely, I uh, thank you for that too. So, uh, Thanks, thank I yeah, thank
1: you. know this goes up, so I can tell
0: people, I will, will do. And uh yeah, keep being you, man, because it's, Be imp- it's making it's making impacts. Thank you very much, man. Thank you, my man. I'm sure we'll cross back again real soon.
1: Take care. Right.
0: Yourself, Absolutely, you too, man. Hi, right, Matt. Peace, brother. Peace. Hey, I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did making it. And so here's the thing. I want some feedback. Give me some feedback. There's a few different ways you can do that too. You can follow along into the episode description and you can see where it says, you know, what did you think of the episode? You can go ahead and answer that and uh, it'll send a message right over to me. I check them. Don't you worry. I'll see it. Um, And then there's also a link in the episode description where you can can leave a voice message. So go ahead and do that if you'd like to. It'd be cool to hear your voices out there. And uh yeah, just tell me what you're thinking. Tell me in any way if you are someone who wants to be on the corner or you know somebody who, who should be on the corner. And then also you can get a hold of me by email, MJW five one one at yahoo.com. MJW at Yahoo five one one at yahoo.com, excuse me. And then also I'm on the Twitter um glidew fifteen I'm also on Mastodon, ClydeW15 at Mastodon.social, and then, uh, yeah, I'm also doing some Facebook stuff with Matthew Wood Poet, if you type in those three words, um, you will find me, you'll find my silly mug, hawking my poetry, promoting this podcast, and all of that, so please do me a favor, give me some reviews, please five stars, that'd be dope um and then uh, give me some some comments and uh you know just let me let me know what you're thinking of the whole thing all right peace